You are listening to episode four of Affordable Italy, Living La Dolce Vita on a Bootstring. This is your host, Nancy Steele. Imagine living 40 minutes from Rome by train, just as your Italian neighbors who are commuting to work do. From your lovely two-bedroom apartment that costs less than $170,000 and is situated in the Centro Storico of a medieval village with an epic train station minutes from your door. No need for a car. The local bus will even get you to the beach. And when the Eternal City isn't tickling your fancy anymore, you can hop the fast train to Florence in just an hour and a half. Welcome to Orte Lazio, a town full of amenities, which is where our guest today lives part-time. And she says, affordably... In 2019, the world looked inviting to me. I was enjoying early retirement, and my husband's retirement loomed with the promise of freedom and the long-awaited opportunity to stretch our wings and spend some extended time exploring the world. Then, in 2020, my husband and I found ourselves a bit lost, emotionally and geographically. The global pandemic and our reaction to it had uprooted and moved not only our home, but our early retirement plans as well. As a Pacific Northwest native, who'd fallen in love with and immigrated to New Orleans, a city whose colorful cultures, landscape, and spirit just breathed into me. I suddenly found myself on the brown flat plains in the center of America, about as far from my subtropical heart home as I could imagine. It was a difficult move for me, and a wise friend who knows me well said, Duh, you've had the most European of American cities. All that's left for you is the real Europe, or the beach. <laughs> I'm a firm believer that when life gives you lemons, you make cocktails or limoncello. So my thought was, why not both? And our journey toward Italy began. But the reality was that our financial situation had changed and the world had become much more expensive too. We weren't sure Italy was within our reach. Could we afford it? Europe's rich cultural treasures, globally ranked healthcare, Fresh and amazing food, safe neighborhoods, and heavenly landscapes appealed to us most certainly. But would there be room in our middle-class American retiree income for other things too? Bars, restaurants, cafes, travel, grandkids? Or were the rumors really true that Italy would consume much of our income in taxes? Thanks to a bevy of generous American expats in Italy who've given advice and my favorite podcast, Retire There by Gil and Jean we realized that many expats are living in Italy affordably. Now we're on a countdown and determined to use our time wisely. We want to be fully prepared for the move we now are hoping to make in 2027. If you're thinking of moving to Italy, perhaps you've got questions too. Join me with expats and experts as we explore affordable Italy, living La Dolce Vita on a bootstring. For a fun turn today, my guest is not an expat living in Italy. Cindy Wilhelm grew up in the Italian section of Akron, Ohio. She received her undergraduate degree in management and marketing and then wrapped it up with an MBA. She worked for 30 years in hospitals doing some consulting, strategic planning, and building. With licenses in Florida and Arizona, she had 17 years of experience in real estate. Currently, she owns Cindy Wilhelm Real Estate in Phoenix, Arizona, where reviews tell us that she's been successfully helping others find homes throughout the area. With at least $7.8 million in sales, I think she qualifies as an expert in the field. Cindy's passion lies in travel and learning. She's diving deep into the history and culture of Italy, as well as the rest of Europe and beyond, as she shank and shuffles in and out of her home that's only 44 minutes from Rome and an hour and a half to Florence by train. For listeners new 
to the term Schengen Shuffle, Cindy is not a legal resident of Italy or any other EU country. Her tourist visa, which works just fine for her now in a somewhat nomadic lifestyle, limits her to 90 days within the EU, followed by 90 days outside of the EU, then repeat that cycle for a total of no more than 180 days anywhere within any EU Schengen border each year. Cindy found a way to pursue the travel and learning she craves while creating a home base in Italy. She bought an apartment in Orte Lazio in 2022, from which she now shuffles. She survived the Italian bureaucracy of purchasing a property and obtained the trappings of home, mastered the local train schedule, and now traverses Lazio, Umbria, and Tuscany on an almost daily basis. Her blog, Just Doing Paradise, chronicles these adventures with fantastic descriptions of people, gorgeous scenery, and of course, food. Cindy recently posted a glowing description of Orte on an expat Facebook site that caught my attention. Many of the attributes she highlighted are on our list, and she hit my sweet spot with one. Orte Lazio is not only beautiful, Orte is apparently affordable. Ciao, Cindy. It's so nice to meet you here. Hello, Nancy. Thank you so much. Ciao. You've actually opened up a whole different way to explore affordable Italy for me. My intention has always been to focus on expats living full-time. Yours is a creative solution that still lets you call Italy home. Why don't you start by sharing a little bit about your nomadic lifestyle and how Italy became your home base? Well, I have traveled since about 2015 just for fun and enjoyment in Europe and Australia. And Italy just has continued to resonate for me. I, I just love it here. There's just something that I feel connected to. And I kept coming back here. And I would use those 90 days in different years to spend 30 days in an Airbnb in Rome or Florence. I kept going back and forth. And then I decided that I really wanted to be over here more than Phoenix, Arizona. Although I love my family, my friends, wonderful people, love them all. They'll all come over and see me. Sure. And then it was a challenge to truly decide where am I going to focus? Being a real estate broker for the last 20 years maybe gave me a little more of an insight on how to think about a location, think about what is it I really want, and then home in on it within three months of being here. When we had the lockdown, I really analyzed where, where do I love? And I've been to Sicily and now I've been all over Italy, not as much as I will, because I, I want to do more traveling a lot of places, but I really love Rome and Florence and decided to be between them. That would be my sweet spot. That would be where I want to, I want to go. So that's what I did. I, the critical thing is I have driven in Italy. I've driven across Sicily. I've driven from Florence to Rome on the Autostrada. And quite honestly, I am giving it up. <laughs> they win. And when I'm driving, I, I mean, you're not able to look around. You're not able to see. And I thought long and hard about that. And I said, get a train station. What I want is an extraordinary train station. And that's what Orte has. Oh, I love it. Great criteria and path to it. It's so hard to narrow down how to go about the search. I love that. You're actually very, very logical. <laughs> I'll tell you, though, the other part of it is Orte has a metropolitan area and it has Orte Scalo, which is two and a half miles from the Centro Storico part of Orte. So being in a medieval village on a mountaintop that's fairly flat. So once you're on the mountain, it's flat to walk. It's just like, yeah, this was a no brainer. That sounds absolutely idyllic. I will have to say since you and I connected, which was just recently, I cannot believe how many times Orte has come up in the expat group 
Oops. I wanted to share with listeners that post that you put up that caught my eye. And then let's expound on that a little bit today. It's also important for listeners to know that although Lazio does contain a list of qualifying 7% flat tax towns, Orte is not on that list. Cindy's list about Orte that caught my eye included. It has a Centro Storico. It's 37 miles north of Rome. Excellent large train stationed everywhere, including Rome. 44 minutes to Rome, one and a half hours to Florence. A robust bus service, temperate climate, medieval village on a mountaintop. Properties are the lowest they've been in many years. Two grocery stores, produce store, vegetables and fruit. Four cafe bars, two restaurantes, fine dining and home-style Italian, an enoteca, which is a wine bar, a wine store that delivers, a hospital with rehab, and a doctor on site 24-7 who speaks English, a farmacia, jewelry store, optical store, pasta store, lingerie store, shoe and handbag store, makeup and clothing store, gift store, tourist office theater, ATM, three beauty salons, and two inexpensive parking garages. The Tiber River parallels the village. The Autostrada also parallels the village. There's a taxi service. If you look at the metro area, then you would include a hardware store, appliance store, all the tradesmen and supplies that you need, flower shop, Chinese stores, a post office, utility offices, gym, yoga, and larger grocery stores. Cindy, that's like the whole list. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it really is. Like today, I won't even leave my home. I'll, I'll go outside later and walk around when it's cooler out. Everybody will be in the main piazza for the passeggiata. And I may stop and have a glass of wine at the Anateca or get a gelato, but I don't have to leave the village to get food, although it took me a while to figure that one out. Okay. Because as Americans, and most of us will know this, you will, if you can lay in your bed till nine or 10 in the morning, because you just can, <laughs> and then you get up and you kind of just lull around the house, not really doing much of anything. And around noon, you decide you should go out and get something to eat. And you realize they're all closed at, at one o'clock. And there is no food. And now you are foraging like a feral person <laughs> and thinking, oh, my God, this is the day I'm going to die because I can't find any food. In Italy. <laughs> In Italy. The two cafes do stay open and one has exceptional pizza. And I've eaten, I worked in New York City for 15 years, so I, I know a little bit about pizza. And I got to tell you, their pizza is the best. Anything I've had in Rome, Florence, Venice, anywhere else, what they make here is, is amazing. Mm. So it took me two weeks to really home in on buying a few groceries ahead of time. So I'm not out feral foraging. <laughs> That's awesome. In Orte. Oh my goodness, I love it. Was affordability a part of your decision making? I totally get the transportation thing. That's a huge one on my list. If affordability was a part of your criteria, how did you go about ascertaining that Orte was actually affordable? I looked at a number of villages and I actually went to a number of villages, drove to them and looked at properties at apartments. My needs are pretty simple. I've downsized couple times in the last dozen years. So it's really not difficult for me to not need a lot of space. And I don't want to Americanize my life here. This is a totally new adventure for me. When I was looking, the issue that I had was I needed two bedrooms. And other than that, I was open to anything else. I did not want to Americanize my home. I really want the Italian experience for the most part. I don't speak Italian fluently, but it's getting better. Okay. And, yeah. Now you're a real estate professional. So did you need to 
engage Star or Mobile Air during any of this, or were you able to do it independently? I did it myself. And in hindsight, I'm just supposed to be here. I'm very lucky. I'm a very, very lucky person. I was just determined once I'd seen this apartment, I still went and looked at a couple more in other places and a couple more here. And I came back and said, no, I want this place. Mm -hmm. And that was it. The contract is universal in Italy. It's the same contract everywhere, but they do not have a realtor.com like we have in America. And the whole selling and buying process is very different. And once I just under, kind of understood where things were going and we worked out the money, then it was signed. Great. Now, in terms of money, how difficult was it to navigate banking and financial for the purchase? And then in your daily life, how hard is handling money? Well, I handle it pretty fast, especially <laughs> <laughs> right fast with me. What I had read on um, a number of Facebook pages, people trying to get money, uh, either ATMs or send large sums into Italy when they were buying property. And I went and looked at Charles Schwab and they seemed to have the best option. So that's who I did. I opened up a brokerage account for, you know, a couple hundred bucks. And then you can open up the banking. And that's really what I wanted. The wire transfers were 15, the 18. They reimburse you all your ATM fees. There's there's no other conversion fees. The conversion rates have always been decent. And I use them to transfer all my money when I bought this apartment. That's fantastic information. Thank you. Those people that are actually moving to Italy to have that become their residence as expats also are probably occasionally aware on expat sites where people talk about there are certain investments that once you've become an expat, many companies won't actually allow you to use. But Charles Schwab is actually one that apparently still does. Well, they only do it because I shang and shuffle back to America. I still domicile into America and now they're, they are getting into it. So I expect they're going to ask me where, you know, where am I domiciled the other 185 days of the year. Okay. And then in terms of your home base in Italy, were you able to calculate costs for things like healthcare and insurance? And for you, insurance must be an interesting scenario because I'm sure you keep insurance in the United States as your domicile. But what do you do for insurance in Italy? Many of us are looking at that amazing healthcare plan that they've got there that comes with legal residency, but you're not going that route. How are you managing that? Well, first of all, Italy, their mortality tables are way better than ours. So people here live longer. Coming out of healthcare for years, um, I'm very fascinated with his, their system. Anyone who is in Italy goes into an emergency room and it's free. Yeah. There is no charge, which is stunning to all of us Americans. <laughs> I used it myself, fell, had to get an MRI. It was an extraordinary overnight experience and actually, I hate to say great fun, but it was good fun. <laughs> but I do buy insurance I had been buying through Allianz, Allianz Insurance. I thought they were the most inexpensive. And I have made claims on them in Australia, and they did pay. But I did find that using Italian health insurance, I can buy much cheaper here. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but it's only good for while I'm in Italy. As soon as I leave Italy, it's no good. Okay. So do you use Alliance, however you pronounce that? Do you use them for your out of the EU shuffle? Actually, I'm going to have to think about what I'm going to do because I have three months coming up in Montenegro. So I need to think about what am I going to do there? Sure. I think it's easy. It's an easy fix. But uh, from now on, what I will do is I will continue buying insurance. It's through the biggest Italian generale, lovely young man, explained everything. And he's also going to sell me homeowner's insurance, extremely inexpensive. Love it. 
Thank you for that. So you mentioned temperate climate. Let's hear from you about weather. You've been there since 2022. You researched that. What's the highest heat, coldest cold, and does it snow? The weather here on top of this little mountain, it's not a huge mountain. It's a mountain made of tufa, and there's mountains around it. There is a breeze. Generally, there's a breeze through here. Nice. It's hot right now, but in my apartment, you learn how to manage the heat and the cool. At night, the windows are all open and the coolness comes in around 68 degrees. And then in the morning, you close everything up and my walls are anywhere from 12 inches to 18 inches thick. Oh, nice. Describe hot. What is hot? Well, the heat here gets up to, it can get up into the 90s, uh, not high 90s, but even 94, 95 is overwhelming for me because it's humidity. Coming from Arizona, there is no humidity. Here, it's just dripping. So I have to get used to it, which is another reason to stay in this part of the world so that I'm dealing with humidity ongoing because the humidity is what gets me. It's not the heat. Okay. Christmas time is fabulous here. And because I grew up in Ohio, there is, Ohio has a biting cold, like Michigan, like the Northeast. And, you know, there's a biting cold that just, you really got to be bundled up. I haven't experienced that in Rome or Orte during the months I'm here, November, December, January. I don't know what happens after late January into February if it gets really cold, but according to the people who live here and in Rome, if it snows, it doesn't stay on the ground. Lovely. It melts. Lovely. It's just for pictures only. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. How about level of concern for natural disaster risks in the Orte area? Seismic or earthquake events, flooding, that sort of thing. Goes down the mountain. People down there need to worry about something, but I, yeah. I'm not worried about the seismic. I looked it up and it wasn't significant. It really was, it was insignificant amount of seismic activity. The building I'm in was built in the 1200s. Hmm. Orte being built in 600 BC. You see plenty of things that are that old. And we have an underground city here also. Oh, man. Yeah, it's fascinating. But when they build for a thousand years in this place, they've never had a problem. That's, yeah. yeah. I mean, all of Italy is a seismic area, correct? You're not going to move to Italy and get away from that, I don't think. Yeah. yeah, that's good to know that there are no huge red flag concerns there. You just mentioned the underground city and that parts of Orte were actually built in 600 BC. Talk to us a little bit about that cultural interest, that sort of thing. Sure. We have a resident archaeologist here. Last year, I paid him to walk me around the village and tell me everything he knew, which actually took about two hours. And I retained probably 25 minutes of it because it was so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. But the hot spots for me were the Etruscans built it like they did many other villages. They did have battles with the Romans two different times through in early history, and they lost both times. But what was significantly interesting was he said, don't think what you see in the movies is real. They don't, the winner doesn't kill off the other guy because they need those workers. And he said, and people here, whether they were paid a wage or they were a slave, they were paid a wage. So everybody got paid. And he said they needed those people to be laborers. So they didn't kill them off. And then I forgot what he said to was how, how they determine who won. But this particular village had two large gates. And if the invaders were able to breach those gates, the women, the children, the old people would go underground and they could get out of the village and live. There were underground tunnels throughout Orte, which is not unusual. Orvieto has it. There's some other villages that have this also. Mm -hmm. I actually have one in my property. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah, I sit on the what we would consider the second floor. Beneath me is what they call a taverna or cantina taverna. And the real estate guy was adorable. Got all excited about this taverna. He was so, and I'm like, I don't care. I just want the apartment, but okay. But then he showed me the grotto. You go down and it's deeper, subterranean. I replaced all the lights on there so people could see. And any men who come to my apartment, any friends of mine who come over, they all, everybody wants us to go down there. The men, the women don't. I do. But it was it was also a refrigerator. So that's where they kept the wine, the refrigerator the, and all that. And it is quite cold. My particular grotto goes pretty far. And then it's like a, a wall. There's a wall there. So at some time that was open. And that was how people got out. And there, it was probably true of just about all the big buildings here. Okay. That is just amazing. And it, that is a tourist thing. People will come to our village to see the Sultanea which is the underground city. It's cisterns and water. It's how they move water. The Etruscans built an aqueduct that is, I, I can't even get my head around it. It's so big. There's still a good piece of it left at the one end of the village. And it went all the way up to a mountain behind us. And that was how they brought water back down. That mountain is two to three miles from here or more wow. uphill. And the aqueduct came all that way. The other part of Orte that's rather important is it was very important to the Catholic Church. And they call it a bishopric, which is the bishops, the higher ups in the Catholic Church. This would be a place for them as they then went into Rome uh, and other parts. So we have probably eight churches in this village. One is the great big one and then two prayer chapels and then the other ones are museums. So it, it's quite historical here. I guess the other interesting thing is in World War II, it was very important. First, as everybody knows, Italy was on the Axis side. So the British came and tried to bomb the train station, which was the main arterial for men and supplies moving in the war, <laughs> north and south in Italy. They missed, hit part of the village, and then Italy flipped to the Allies, and then the Germans came and tried to bomb the train station, and they missed. The train station's two and a half miles from here. My dad bombed a whale under orders during World War II when he made global headlines. So things happened. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. They thought it was a submarine, obviously. So, okay, so this sounds utterly fabulous. It's so close to Rome and Florence with a train station. I just have to hear about housing. With your experience, expertise, and obviously feet on the ground there, talk to me about what it is cost-wise to look at renting or purchasing in the Orte area. You said that it's the lowest prices in ages? Yeah. And some Americans have already started buying here. The local people have been coming to me because they know I'm a realtor in America and telling me about private sale properties. Hmm. So I'm building this little file of these properties that are for private sale. Should some Americans come here and want say, what else is there? <laughs> My hand is up. <laughs> yeah. And some of them are, you know, these old buildings, whether it's here or Toady or Orvieta, wherever it is. Sometimes you look at the outside of the building and you just go, oh, I don't think I'm going in there. And then you open the door and it is the wow factor. We don't touch the outside of the buildings, but don't let that put you off because you open that door and you will go, wow. Or you will go, oh no. <laughs> you know, the properties here are a real mix of in how they've decorated inside. Most of them are the old, old Italian ways. There's a lot of properties that have been vacant for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Hmm. And now they're being bought and they're being remodeled. 
The pricing here, you know, it can go anywhere from 25,000 to 1 million. There are two properties that are into the millions, but they are huge palazzos with spectacular frescoes and artwork themselves, plus the furnishings. They're gorgeous. I saw them online. Oh, the other ones. But I mean, you can find a really nice apartment here for less than 150,000 euros. How many bedrooms? Well, at least two could be three. And it, the other part that, you know, it's just common sense is if you want a view and you want a balcony, you're taking those steps. You're going up to those yes. steps. Do we have elevators? Not here that I know of. There is talk and I think it's going to happen. There is a lot of room around the one side of the village where the Autostrada and the Tiber River are. They parallel us. There is room there. They're putting in a road. They're going to put in a lot more parking and they're going to run an elevator from that parking area up to the village. Great idea. Here's the other part of that. If Orte, Comune, the Sindaco, the mayor, if they want more money in Orte, this is where the money is. This is where the vacancies are. And they're telling me what I'm hearing from the local people is they want it. They want the Americans to come, the British to come, Australians. They don't care. Bring them, bring them. Would you classify Orte as one of those towns that has been depopulated and in fact has been sort of dying in recent years or has it not suffered that fate? It definitely has. And I can see it myself. The population here is primarily the elderly, the grandmas, the great grandpas. That's the population. And if you don't think it makes you feel a little inadequate when you see that 90 year old woman trotting up 25, 45 <laughs> steps and you're going, what the hey? And you know. <laughs> I have 16 steps here. Get up, girl. <laughs> They're amazing. But the properties range all over the place from having rooftop balconies, balconies where you see the, the valleys. Orte goes sort of oblong and they're extraordinary. You walk into them and you go, oh, because you don't understand the floor plan. Mm. And I agree. My own home here, my own floor plan, I just got like, well, that's what it is. It's different. I live with it, but that's just what they did to make them usable at that point in time. Right. So for under $100,000, you feel that someone could find a home in Centro Storico even sure. with a view perhaps? Sure. Two bedrooms for less than yeah. 100000 That's amazing. 44 minutes from Rome. That's absolutely amazing. The, under, the hour and a half to Florence is on a faster train. Generally, it'll be up to the two hours and that because they're going to they're make stops along the way. Sure. It doesn't bother me. I'm just looking at everything. So it doesn't bother me. How about bus services? We know the trains are good. What about bus services? There is a small white bus that comes up to the village all day long. We have a schedule posted. It's all over the village, all over down the mountain also. It goes all over Metropolitan Orte and always to the train station. Uh, there's also a taxi service. I came in last night. It was 1030 at night. Nobody's up. Hmm. And I called Frederico and said, in English, it's the American. I'm at the train station. Can you pick me up? <laughs> and in Italian, he said, yes, I'll be there in a few minutes. <laughs> But there's three guys that run the taxi. So it rotates and they're all lovely. It's $10. Yeah, $10 from to get from there. Okay. Uh, Yeah. It sounds like you do have expat friends in the area. Or am I wrong on that? I have identified just about every English speaking person in the village. Okay. Okay. How is the general attitude about expats with the locals? It sounds like you're saying they're inviting Americans, Australians, Canadians, etc. into the community. But do you feel they're being inclusive? And is language a huge barrier? Or are you able to get by with a little bit of Italian? First, you have to get an attitude change. Americans don't generally have 
a good a good reputation as tourists. And sometimes, many times, I see them in Rome and Florence and even here, and I'm just like, put some damn clothes on, try to look normal, get, you know, <laughs> speak to people. Here, I have gone out of my way. I smile at these people. I look them in the eye. Buongiorno. Como esta? Buonasera. You know, I have 20 things that I can say and they like it, but I always smile whether they say something back or not. I've done it. And they have said, they, I've been told through the grapevine, they think I'm a very nice person and they go out of their way to talk to me. I love it. In Arizona, where I'm from in Phoenix, were I to smile at somebody in the grocery store and say, oh, well, you know, good morning. How are you? They would look at you first, like, please die right now. Yeah, you're um, weird if you do that. It's not necessarily that way in the South. I know in New Orleans, it was actually rude not to say hello to every single person that you passed on the sidewalk. But coming from the Pacific Northwest, oh, yeah, you stay out of somebody's even visual space. Don't look them in the eye. <laughs> yeah. And these people would like that. They would appreciate having people smile at them and be kind and slow down. Just smile. If you can't say bonjour, then just smile and ciao. Just say ciao. They're happy with that. Mm. It tells them that Americans are nice, that we're easy. We're, we're not what we're portrayed on TV or what they've seen other places. And that is really, really important to me. And it's also important to me that should I see someone, an American primarily, doing something they shouldn't do, whether it's trying to climb a statue or uh, banging a church door or something that is inappropriate, stupid, and you shouldn't do, I'll step up and tell them. I, I you. yeah, you step up and tell them you yeah. have to. Agree. Here and there. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah. Do you know anybody who's an expat who's aging there in the Orte area? And if so, how's that working for them? Are they having in-home care like a Bedante, hired help or family taking care of it? Long-term care facilities? What does aging look like that you have seen in, or in the Orte area? You generally hear, you know, the families take men. If they are not able to live on their own, the families will move them to their homes. Because uh, I've asked about that. I've been very curious about how that would work. There are some long-term care facilities. The hospital here is kind of a rehab quasi facility, nursing facility that has radiology and other capable lab radiology capabilities. But for the most part, I think they're still doing the whole family thing. Okay. Tell me a little bit about that um, hospital proximity. And I know that doctor's offices in Pharmacia are obviously, tell me a little bit about uh, access to healthcare like, and how close it is. Well, the I live around the corner from the hospital, just, <laughs> and I didn't plan it that way. I just was where the apartment was. The hospitals are excellent. Emergency room will not turn anyone away. They come to the emergency room. They're going to keep them there overnight. When I was in the emergency room, there had to be anywhere from 50 to 80 people in gurneys and wheelchairs. They triage, but they know every night that there's going to be a certain amount of people that just come in need to be there overnight. But because there is a physician over there on site 24-7 and they speak English, mm -hmm. you know what? I can't ask for much more than that. I agree. Recently, the map came out with a list of top-rated hospitals in Italy. It actually does a red, yellow, green scenario for hospital ratings. And one of the top hospitals is in Rome, which is 44 minutes from you. So if folks were getting a diagnosis that required intense care, even if they felt that the local hospital might not be able to manage all of that, you're so darn close to Rome. I think that would be highly accessible. And I guess it's also important to note that if there's a hospital in Rome that ranks green or at the top of the list with Italian healthcare, imagine where that is 
on the list in terms of global healthcare. You're talking about the best of the best there. So that sounds like that's pretty awesome to have that so close. There are two hospitals, very large hospitals that are academic teaching facilities. One is in Terni and one is in Viterbo. They put me in an ambulance and took me to Viterbo. I hit my head. So I Mm. fell in him. But the next morning, I mean, during when they were all done, I had the MRI and I'm fine. Just go home. They would not let me leave until the next morning at 6 a.m. when a medical car came and picked me up, brought me to my apartment and there's no bill. There's no, no bill, no charge. The other part of that that's kind of cool is I'm sitting outside at 3 a.m. in the morning on a beautiful veranda with a bunch of other people. We're all sitting out there. It's a beautiful night. I'm just, I'm just sitting there and I'm waiting, just enjoying the whole experience. And 6 a.m., this guy starts walking towards this patio area. And I'm telling you, if I was 30 years younger and he looks around at everybody <laughs> and he points to me and I want, I almost want to stand up and go, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> So I said that, shut up, grandma, you know, don't do that. But, uh, he did, he spoke no English, brought me right to my door. Well, he, he didn't come to my door. He just drove as close as he could. And that was fine. I have a friend here who's lived here for years and he's not well. He can't go and get his medicine. He has no family here. Hmm. So he needs medicine that he can only get in Rome. Yeah. The other afternoon, I went and got his medicine because I didn't have anything to do when I love Rome. So I said, I'll go get it for you. And also it was a chance to go see this really big hospital that I was interested in. Hmm. But what I found out for him and what he's going to have to do is the Red Cross will pick up his medication and drive it out here to him. Oh, that's amazing. He has no family. He's he's really here alone. Mm-hmm. So something like that is really nice. They right. they look after their own. They really oh, they do. do. I bet you felt when you were in the hospital like you actually mattered. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't until I, they had me in a wheelchair. And the wheelchair had the the seat taken out. And the seat that was there was like a horseshoe so that somebody could slide a bedpan in. And I'm thinking to myself, this is not going to work. Something's going to get very numb and I'm going to end up on the floor. (laughs) After about an hour of that, I used my Google Translate and in Italian and said, are you the triage nurse? Held it up to these two ladies who were sitting there at the desk. The one job jumped up, came right in. Then we started chatting. And then I saw the doctor got the MRI and it was a good experience. Good. Yeah. Good. Okay. Let's talk about festivals and special events that happen. Villages have their own patron saints and sometimes days and food-related festivals, wine-related festivals. What's Orte happening like? Uh, Orte has a huge medieval festival the first 10 days in September. The whole village gets up for this. They dress up in medieval garb, uh, outfits. They have archery competition, music competition, all kinds of things that would be in a medieval setting go up around the village here. They make food. The food is excellent. People, they come from all around for this. The Italians do come in, but also tourists will find out about and they they come in and it's a big deal. Hmm. They have something going on here a couple times a week. I don't keep up with a lot of it. They don't do a great job marketing to the Americans here, but I do find out they do a lot of different festivals and different events where they walk through the village. They're dressed up in their, what they call their confraternity uh, outfits. 
the villages and even Rome and Siena have neighborhoods and the neighborhoods are called contradas. And Forte has seven contradas. So these contradas really show up for the medieval village and then they, they'll do their own little festivals. They'll have meals and for a weekend and they decorate and do stuff and music. But there are events that are more Catholic focused where the men will dress up in these long, what they call confraternities. And each contrada has a different color and they sing and they carry things. They take candles and drip wax. They go through the village. It's quite extraordinary to see this. Hmm. Uh, and they do, they do this three or four or five times, 10 times a year. Oh my goodness. Different variations of it. They've also had put chairs up in the piazza and we have a village marching band. So I don't know what the chairs were up for, but I went down and sat down next to my neighbor. And all of a sudden, here comes this marching band in playing Beatles tunes. Oh. They call them black suits, women and men. And there I see Max, who owns the produce store, playing his saxophone. And they march in and they, they play a few more Beatle tunes and then they play a few Gershwin tunes. And you just sit there and you you just shake your head and go, what what is this? This is it's so cool. Yeah. The, the icing on the cake was they're paying Italian bingo. So every old person in the village got down there because they're playing Italian bingo. Some things are the same across the water. Oh, my God. Uh, the priest is calling the numbers and they put them on the board. So I bought a few cards and <laughs> myself. I did not make the Americans look good. Okay. Uh, it was they do all kinds of festivals uh, over Christmas, everything. They do all kinds of stuff. That is just amazing. Oh, I love your life. Okay, then we have to go to the all-important topic, as always, eating. Market prices, groceries, people will want to know a little bit about Orte as an affordable city. Also, restaurants. What are the menu prices like? Can the average person consider that they could probably eat out at least a couple times a month there, or is it going to be prohibitive? Well, it's interesting. We have the two restaurants. One is fine dining, and I've eaten in there a number of times. Food is always excellent. And now the guy that runs that restaurant has opened up a cafe called the Bistro on the main piazza competing with the other cafes. But what he does is he some of that food that he offers there, the pastas, the salads that he's shuffling in from his restaurant. So in the mornings and afternoons, you want lunch, you're getting the excellent fine food at a bargain price. Oh, so, what a find. And whoever hears me, keep it to yourself because I don't think we want everybody in here. <laughs> Really good though. He's a very nice man. In his restaurant, the menu does change seasonally. You only get here what is in season. Everything comes from around this region. So if it's not in season, you're not getting it either in the restaurants or the produce stores. Very little is brought in. I think I've seen some persimmons from Sicily or something. There was some fruit that came in from Sicily, but other than that, and bananas. Okay. That's it. Everything is local. So it's very fresh. The other restaurant does more of a a lot of pastas, seafood pastas. It's it's a little easier. You could go in and see the red table check, and you know it's it's very nice. They're very nice people. Both of them have excellent wine. Always order the house wine because you're getting really good wine. Mm. What would you say the average price is, or maybe the high the high and the low end of what you would spend for a meal in either? The first meal I had at the fine dining place, I think I had two glasses of wine, a little appetizer, because uh, I'm vegetarian, then some pasta dish, and then I had dessert, and I think it was 30 euros. Okay. And at the lower end? The lower end was at the other restaurant, probably two glasses of wine. <laughs> 
some pasta and dessert. And I was probably 22, 20, $22. Okay. I just need to point out that two glasses of wine in the US, you've already just spent 20 bucks at least. I mean, that's yeah. on the cheapest glass of wine on the menu. So that's actually very helpful. I love that. What about food specialties? I know regions and towns oftentimes have something they're kind of known for. Do you guys have anything that's particularly orte? Nothing that really comes to mind that I can think of. Everybody buys the bread from the bakery. She's open every morning for a couple hours. And so her bread goes throughout the village. She makes a couple different kinds of bread. Italian bread is generally without sugar or salt. And she will make then a second batch of bread that will be salted, a little salt in it. I think that's a Tuscan thing. If my reading is correct, I think the unsalted bread came from the Florence area with history regarding trade and who didn't want to pay what to whom. It's so interesting that even village by village bread can change in Italy. Yeah. No, I don't. I think the pastas are probably, they just do variations on the pastas. Uh, they'll make cache pepe, which is a Roman dish. We're not that far from the ocean. I think we're 50 miles from the ocean. Hmm. So they do get fresh fish in. Uh, a lot of people like fresh fish. If I wanted to go to the ocean, Cindy, how would I get there without a car? Well, what do you should say? Yeah. <laughs> I just took a picture of a billboard that was posted down the hill from me. They're running a special bus from here to a really nice beach beach uh, for the next month. And you, you pay, your, you know, 10 euros or whatever it is. And you, you go out there and stay at the beach all day. And then they bring you back. We also have here a huge pool, a community pool that is out. It's out in like the woods. Bus goes there and it is beautifully, it's beautifully done. But yeah, people want to get to the water. There's Lake Balsana, which is not that far Besides the little buses that just go around Orte, there is a much bigger bus service in Lazio called Cotral, and those buses go everywhere. And they'll even take you to Rome if you want to ride a bus to Rome. So I'll get on those buses and just get, I just get on and ride it around. And I go through all these little villages and it's fascinating to me. Oh, that's an awesome way to spend a day. You can get off and have a lunch and just hang out and take pictures and, you know, just ooh and ah. And then uh, the bus, you see the bus coming again and get back on. Orte is a big station for the buses. Okay. You know, I'm not ever worried about being stuck. I think if I did, I'd it's not going to be in the world. Frederico. <laughs> yeah, Frederico, you'll come. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Can you think of anything else that people should know about Orte as an affordable and incredibly rich and beautiful place to live in Italy? I think what they would find here is it's a little more metropolitan in their approach to living because Orte in the past had many, many stores here that over the last 20, 30 years, 40 years have closed down. Mm -hmm. And now we're starting to see things are opening up much more. There's a lot more tourists coming in. There is an event the last Sunday in November, the first Sunday in December. It's called Orte in Cantina. And it is where you buy your ticket and you go to eight different places around the village for wine and food. Mm. And they're so efficient. They bus people in, they take them to a park where they can park their car. They drive them up the, to the mountain. They pick them up at the train station, bring them up to the mountain. I mean, it is, they have tour guides with each group. It is phenomenally fun. And the food is fascinating. And by about the fourth place you go, a certain person who was, how oh, wow, wow, left a purse sitting there and they brought it out to me and said, they knew, they all know I'm the American here. So they... <laughs> 
But I would say, come and look at the properties here. There's enough for sale that you'll get a good feel for what you want or what you could have here. And I think they're very reasonable, very reasonable. Two Americans have just bought three apartments and they were all under a hundred thousand. They're all two and three bedrooms. See, that's just wonderful, right? And I'm glad to hear that that you do have an expat community there too. I love that you want to be organic in terms of living as an Italian, but it's also really nice to have some folks that speak your native tongue. Yes, we've launched the Expats in Orte Facebook page. Oh, I will look for that. So as we identify people, we're bringing them into it. Yeah, there's another lady from the UK. She's closing on the 24th. So it's happening. It is truly happening. People go, well, what can I buy privately? I will put you in touch with these people. I love it, Cindy. And as far as people finding you and being able to continue the conversation with you, can they get a hold of you through your blog, Just Doing Paradise? Yes, justdoingparadise.com. Okay. Absolutely. And people have done that. They can also do it on Facebook. They see my name on any of the things, they'll message me. I've had a number of private calls. People ask if they can talk to me. And sure, yeah, I'm glad to talk about them. I'd love more Americans to come here. But there's Norwegian people here. There's Swedish people, Irish people, Spanish people. There's Airbnbs here. So people can rent an Airbnb or hotel here and then decide for themselves. Stay here for a couple of days and see what they think. I honestly have to wonder if Orte wouldn't make a nice base outside of Rome. I've been to New York, I think three times in the last calendar year. And I think I've decided that I've stayed my last on the island. I think in the future, I'm going to look beyond and stay out in one of the boroughs. And I'm wondering if, if Orte wouldn't function also for folks who are coming into Rome for a week. Well, I'll tell you, there is a huge parking lot on the other side of the train station and there is a six something train in the morning and people who work in Rome drive down there and they take the train 44 minutes they're on, they're there they're at Rome Termini which is a great location central uh, to get wherever they need to go and then they just hop on the train and come home come here yeah there's some real benefit to that you know just relaxing and being in that environment that you're talking about just sounds like absolutely chill after a day of doing whatever in Rome well Cindy you have painted a rich picture, which I knew you would, of Orte and only complicated my search further. Thank you. <laughs> and even the bus going to the beach would really help my husband because that is, of course, one of my big carrots um, to get him to Italy. I have promised that he will be close to the ocean, which we can't touch in the U.S., you know, coastal areas for a number of reasons, not just real estate prices, but also insurance, etc., are becoming just untenable. So to know that we could hop a bus and be at the beach... You know, and, and you asked me about food here. It is the cheapest place I have ever been to eat. Oh. Fresh vegetables, fresh fruits, the pasta that you can buy, the wine you can buy. When the guy in the wine store delivers and it's organic wine, <laughs> the organic wine is so good. The April spritzes are so good. Everything here is cheaper. I can get a cappuccino for $1.20. Oh my goodness. $1.20. Philadelphia Airport, it's $5.99. And I was like, are you kidding me? And it was, of course, it wasn't as good, but I can live here much better and much cheaper. I love it. On that note, since my target audience is more or less the middle-class American looking to see if they can retire affordably in Italy, can a couple live comfortably on less than approximately $50,000 a year? I paid cash. My taxes here are under $400 a year. My HOA fee is, I pay $160 for HOA. A year. A year. The water, I just got a water bill for the quarter, $74. Oh my goodness. 
My electricity and gas is about $63. But now I've taken down a reading from my gas meter outside. And she said, oh, we can drop that rate for you. It's like, oh my goodness. And Cindy, that's why I'm hearing from other expats that utilities have you know, gone sky high since Ukraine was invaded. That's amazing that you're not being affected in that same way. Well, it's just me. And I replaced every light here with Amazon IT and I furnished my home. So I have LED lights everywhere in my in my house, my apartment. Smart. So I don't, I, I don't know if that has something to do with it. Do I cook? Now cook some pasta now and then. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I'm excited to continue to follow you on your journeys at home in Orte, as well as your shuffling here and there on your blog, Just Doing Paradise. And we'll hope that maybe we can even find each other on Facebook and continue the conversations about Orte. Anytime. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Grazie mille. Ciao. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like us and subscribe for more. We will continue to explore regions, towns, taxes, and tips here and on Facebook at Affordable Italy, Living La Dolce Vita on a bootstring, at Instagram under the same name, and now at italyisaffordable.com. If you know anyone who is living in Italy who'd like to converse with me, I'd love to meet them via my email, italyisaffordable at gmail.com. And now for that much-anticipated limoncello. Chin-chin! Chin-chin!